Welcome to Word Birds, where you'll hear content conversations directly from the flock. Join Christopher Willis in conversation with content experts and thought leaders as they chat about how to make the most out of your words in business. Here's your host, Chris. Hello and welcome to Word Birds, a birds of a feather conversation between people that care about words. Today on the show, we have Dave Charette. Dave is the director of small business success at Constant Contact. We're going to talk about eliminating subjectivity in the content creation process. And we're going to look at the line between content marketing and marketing in general. Is there a line? We're going to find out. Sit back and let's get some insight from the flock. Okay, we're back. David, welcome to WordBirds. Excited to have you here. Chris, thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today. I'm excited to talk to you because coming from Constant Contact, I think you're going to have some really interesting views of the content business, especially how it affects your clients, small business customers. You say, and you said in your pre-interview, that you believe that it's really about pushing teams to create great content that drives the business. I want to break that down because there's a number of things in that simple sentence. First thing, what do you mean when you say great content? Yeah. So it's interesting, right? Because I think great content is very subjective or can be. For me, what I think that means is content that resonates with the audience that you're trying to reach. And so I say that it can be subjective because oftentimes we tend to look at things and say, oh, I don't like that. (laughs) And that's cool. You can have that opinion, but sometimes that actually is something that works really well for the audience that that person is trying to reach. And so oftentimes people ask me for like feedback on something and I'm like, well, let me understand what we're trying to do here first. Then I can give you an idea of like what I really think of it. Because if you don't understand that, my opinion could be completely wrong because I'm not the target audience for it. And so when I say great content, it really comes from that idea of knowing who it is you're talking to, who it is that you're trying to reach, and how can you create content that helps them become successful? And then if you can do that, you're going to reach the right people and start to pull them into your universe, which is ultimately what you want to do with that content. For me, the great content piece means that. Does it match what the pain points, the things that you can help that audience with specifically? And you've got to let that kind of drive and you've got to let that audience actually provide you feedback so you know where to make adjustments and know how you're doing because they're ultimately the judge on whether or not it's working or not. That's what I mean there. And that's that's sort of where I want to go is, so you've created the great content. How do you know it's working and how do you see it driving the business? Yeah. So it's a couple of things. So you really need to think about one, you need to be on in lockstep with like, what are the goals? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to accomplish? And I always look at content as first and foremost, the first goal of it really is to build that audience, right? How do you get those people that you're trying to reach into your universe? And so one of the things to think about is one, are you talking to people in that audience? I think that's often the most like underutilized tactic. (laughs) Oftentimes, I think the worst thing that you can have happen is a bunch of marketers in the room trying to figure out the problems and what's going to resonate and work with your particular audience without actually talking to them. I can share a story here. Early on in my career at Constant Contact, we had a customer who we hit it off with during our pre-conversation here. You mentioned Concord, owner of the Concord Cheese Shop. We became close friends. He's a Constant Contact customer. Actually, we were doing our own podcast at the time when I first met him, and he was a really interesting character, really great, like in-person marketer, that type of thing, and was all like dead set against 
like social media and even though he was using email like blah i don't really see the value in it like that type of thing it was really interesting and so i was like you're doing a lot of really great things but i think we need to kind of help you see the value in these tools that you are actually paying for and using right and so we invited him and his team to come spend a half day with us and we put together this workshop and it was really funny like i said mentioning set up these like feedback loops like an agenda over to him and I was like, well, here's what I think we can cover. We'll do this, this, and this. And I was like, I'll proud of myself. Like, yeah. And then he wrote back, yeah, but here's what I want to talk about. And it was like this, this, and this, and this. And it was like, okay, yep. Okay. You have to kind of like take some humble pie and be like, yep, let's go with what you're going with because you often have to start there to get people to where you want to go. And I was recognizing that although they weren't exactly the same words, we were getting to the places and hitting some of the things that I also wanted to talk to, right? But I had to let him drive what that was because ultimately that's what's going to get his attention and, and get him on board with what we're doing, right? And so then from there, having just that one interaction, I mean, I remember when we did that, we ended up coming up with this listening to the pain points, listening to the things he wanted. We ended up creating this whole series of like webinars and content around this idea of the 15 minute email marketing plan. And so we broke everything up into 15 minute tasks. So you can kind of pick up if you have a find yourself with us. So we reach small business owners, right? So wearing many hats, they don't always have a lot of time. And so it's like, if you find yourself with 15 minutes, how can you jump into your marketing stuff and know, okay, I've got 15 minutes. I can get this task done and it's going to move me closer to what I'm trying to do. Because if you tell a small business owner, do this marketing thing where you don't really know what's happening or do this other thing, they're going to go, if it's taking out the trash, they go do that. And so it's like, all right, so we did that. And then we kind of generalized that, right? We helped one person. We focused on him and gave his team a whole plan to work on and do things. And they got great value out of that. But then we turned that into a series to reach other small business owners that were going through the same series. And at the time, that was one of our most registered and attended webinar series. And I think back then, I mean, we were hitting probably a, a few thousand people. And if we go back to starting there to just the beginning of this year, I mean, we did a webinar series that had over 10,000 people registered for it. And so that's often the goal is really how do we start with the audience, the person, a single person, if not many, but like at least one, how do we get really specific with that person and then generalize so other people can use those structures to apply to their business. And so that's kind of, you know, how we kind of get there. Yeah. And I think in our world, what we see is it's almost mirroring what you're saying. It's identifying that one piece of content that resonates, what makes it resonate, and then laying that as a plan, as a framework over everything else. And the constant iteration that comes along with that. I think one of the challenges that folks have is they think they can set it and forget it. I'm going to create a voice for my audience. This is my brand. This is the voice that goes with it. This is how we communicate now. And it doesn't work that way. It's an iterative process to get closer and closer and closer to your audiences. As And as the audience changes, evolves, you evolve with it. That's a really great point. You know, I'm thinking of the evolution of that. And I can remember kind of prior to the pandemic. So I do a lot of speaking on behalf of Constant Contact and we were doing a presentation and we actually build a foundational piece of our content strategy around basically making sense of online marketing, right? And so when you think about who we're reaching, it's typically, I like to say it's a small business owner by trade, marketer by necessity, right? These are people that don't necessarily want to do marketing, but they know that they have to. And so it's kind of like, just tell me what the hell I need to do. (laughs) I don't need to get into the weeds and geek out over marketing like you and I would. They don't care. And so it's always about how do we provide the information in a practical, jargon-free, step-by-step way so they get something from it and they take something that they can actually use. And so 
We've kind of moved away from that discussion because I think during the pandemic, if anything, it's accelerated people's use of these tools and really getting online because it was the only thing that they can do. And right now, it's not so much about making sense of it all at this moment as it was before. Like they kind of get it now. And like we can talk about more specific things, like how do you actually get better results out of those things that you're doing? And so, yeah, it's funny is that the audience does evolve and you have to be like kind of in tune with that. And I like to create kind of like frames and foundations with content. And so it's about like, so for example, that making sense of online marketing. All right, like that's our frame. That's the foundation. We're going to start everybody there, give them tips, give them things that they can use. And then we start to go deeper into each of the subjects, right? So if we're talking about social media or talking about email marketing, talking about paid ads and that type of thing, how can we give you the things, show you how they all work together and then say, all right, now you want to go deeper into email. Let's give you a plan for how you actually build that email strategy. Then let's build on top of that and talk about how you start using automation, right? And then let's build on top of that and start talking about how you start using data and start using AI and those types of things, right? And so it gives people a progression of kind of wherever they are in the journey, they can find themselves, get what they need, and then learn how to make progress from wherever they are. And I think you can only do that if you kind of set the foundation. And one of the things that I've learned or we've learned as a company is that you often say like, well, let's do beginner content and let's do intermediate and then let's do advanced content. And you can't really do that without setting what the frame of what is the beginner stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's got a different connotation in their mind. Like you could ask me, like, would you consider yourself an advanced content marketer? And in relation to what, right? I would say no, because I still have so much to learn. But in relation to somebody else, like we can have this conversation about content, (laughs) right? Where somebody else wouldn't. And so like, I can't put myself on the right spectrum, right? In terms of what that is. And so you have to set the frames so that like, hey, you're new here, you're just starting, start here so you understand our point of view and the foundation that we're building things on, and then we can take you to that next level and the next level. Does that make sense? It does. And I mean, I just think about your audience and the complexity of your audience in general, because we're not talking about selling to Citibank, and there's going to be somebody at Citibank responsible for running HubSpot. This is my mom's retail business. And being able to communicate at that level to somebody who, I mean, it's not just resistant to marketing. I'm sure she'd love to be a fantastic marketer, but the technology, the approach, the things that we take for granted in our day-to-day jobs, clothing store, like not a technologist, not a system owner. She's not marketing operations. How do you create content for somebody that is starting from scratch? It's not just teaching them to use your products. It's teaching them to be a marketer, which has got to be a challenge from where you sit. Have you seen our latest ad? No. Okay, well, it says enjoy an alcohol-immersed shrimp this summer. Oh, I think they meant shrimp cocktail. Looks like this team needs Acrolinks, the content impact platform that avoids ambiguities in source content and improves content translation. Yeah. And that's one of the most enjoyable things about, I think, the work that I do is that one, I get to talk to customers on a regular basis. So I get to hear their stories. I'm always amazed as someone who started their own business and realized I'm really no good at running my own business, which is why I ended up at Constant Contact. I was like, I'm good at the marketing piece. How can I do this in the teaching? And how can I do this someplace where I don't have to worry about actually keeping the business running, right? So being able to have those conversations with people that do that on a regular basis is always like mind blowing to me. But then to be able to have those conversations where you say, well, have you thought about it like this? 
And what if you tried that and then just see the light bulb go on and be like, oh, yeah, okay. And do that in practical terms, right? Without getting into all of the hullabaloo that we talk about, right? Like create a persona and do a thing and blah, blah, blah. Where I'm just saying like, you know, no, who's your favorite customer? Write your email to him or her, right? And oh, okay. (laughs) Like I can do that, right? And then you're in a different zone. You're overcoming those kind of like roadblocks that might get in the way by like, I just, I don't understand what you're talking about kind of thing. And so- Yeah, those are the opportunity to be able to do that is always exciting. And like I said, I've been doing this for over 15, over 11 or coming up on 11 with Constant Contact. And although we're talking about the same things, which is the interesting thing about marketing over and over again, it's always different, (laughs) oddly enough. So I think sort of playing off that marketing versus content marketing, everything that you're talking about is the act of, of providing marketing guidance, but the way that you're doing it is entirely content marketing. Where's the line between what content marketing is today and what marketing in general is? Is there one? It's a good question. I think it's really blurred. I think I asked this question on my LinkedIn channel and and there were a few people that I think it was actually boiled down to 50-50 is where we ended up. So there's no conclusive evidence of which is what, but it's interesting because I think particularly today, with just online marketing, digital, I don't think you can get away with doing anything without some form of content. And when you think about content marketing, I think the difference is you have marketing where you're just trying to communicate with someone and it's not necessarily, it could just be an ad. It could just be one message that you put out. I think the content marketing piece is really it's about creating things over time to build an audience and then ultimately influence their behavior. And so I think that's the difference between the two, where it's not just like a one and done. Like this is a like, no, I'm going to do this consistently for a period of time that is ultimately going to bring people into the universe that are a right fit for my business. And then eventually I am going to influence their behavior to take some type of action that helps benefit my business, whether that's buying something, whether that's referring other people to us or just helping us spread the word about something. Right. And I think that's the way you look at it and maybe the differences between the two. To me, I always feel like though, like all marketing is content marketing now because you need some element of that. Is content marketing part of demand gen? Should it be one department, one team? I think it can be. So this is interesting because I can only speak from my experience. And when you think of constant contact, we're selling at the end of the day, a $10 product. And so there's a little bit of a difference when you think of demand gen, there's usually like, I mean, not that we don't have a a sales team and a marketing team and all of that, but you usually think of a bigger price product, right? Where there's something where there's more time between somebody learning about you and purchasing and there's a higher dollar amount there. And so you have to do more. And so I think depending on the nature of your business, where that sits, as we're learning into new muscles, because we have new tools that we've added that do reach a higher level of a customer, is that like, yeah, you were finding that those things need to come together. So I guess to answer your question, yes, it is, but it's also determined by kind of the nature of the business and what that sales process is. And so how can that help? Because I look at my job a lot as just helping grease the wheels. I often describe it as volleyball, right? Like, how can I tell stories and give information and education that make somebody say like, oh yeah, I want to do that. So how do I set the ball up? Like sales comes along to talk to them. Like they're just able to spike the ball down, right? They're ready. They're like ready to do that. And so I think it's hard to give like these general answers to those things because I think it is so dependent on what is the nature of your sales process, your sales cycle, and then really looking at what that looks like. And then where are the areas that content can come in and 
and help with all of that? Yeah. Looking at my own organization, like I have two VP level leaders, one that is content and product and the other that's demand gen, but neither one of them would be very valuable to anybody without the other one. And I don't know if we were a much larger organization, it wouldn't make sense eventually for those things to be one thing because we don't generate a single lead that doesn't come from some form of content. And I think in days gone by, domain expertise lives in the content marketing group and the execution expertise lives in demand gen. But there's such a blur between that now. My demand gen leader knows everything about what we do too. I mean, not different. They all work here. And the criticality of this, and as we look at the way that people make decisions and decisions are based on a series of touch points and almost every single one of those touch points is a piece of content in some way. It becomes incredibly focused and important that content marketing be central to the way that you build out the business, whether you think of yourself as a content marketing organization or not. I got news for you. Your webinar is a piece of content. All of that is content that's driving your demand gen. So it's everybody, I think, the answer is everybody is content marketing at this point. Yeah, it feels that way. Like you're saying, I can't imagine a world where you're not doing anything with some form of content to make that happen. And that's the exciting thing that got me excited, even like just getting on this journey of being in content is that idea that you can communicate directly with your customers. You don't necessarily need that middleman. You know, I often talk to people about this idea of like, we often spend all this money in acquisition dollars on going to other sites and you know trying to get our stuff in front of those people. And I'm always like, well, we need to make sure we have a way to steal that audience, right? How do we get those people into our stuff so that we're talking to them directly (laughs) versus Mm -hmm. having to go pay for them over there, right? Let's get them onto our side. It doesn't have to be a direct sale right away over there. It should be a, how do we pull them there to bring them closer to us so then we can lead them down that path. And so it's just amazing that we have the opportunity to do that today. So the last thing I want to hit on, we didn't talk about this prior to this call is looking at your past, there's a jump that happens Mm -hmm. sort of back in the 2012 timeframe-ish, 2010 timeframe, when you went from apparently being an actor to being a full-time enterprise (laughs) content person. I also have a theater degree, so I'm interested in how you made that jump. Yeah. So that's an interesting story, actually. So for me, I was in New York at the time. I'm I'm originally from Massachusetts. I had moved out to New York. I was out there for like 15 years or so before I moved back to work at Constant Contact. And there came a time where I was working at a job that I was working like front desk when I was at school. And I was going to school for theater and I was doing those things. And then I ended up kind of progressing up the ranks and I became like the practice manager of that place where I was or the billing manager where I was doing like insurance claims. And I was like, one day it became like, what the hell am I doing? Like, (laughs) this is not what I want to be doing. It got to the point where on Sundays I was sick to my stomach. I was literally like, I do not feel good about going in. And I was talking to my wife and I had started, this was in, I want to say 2006 or so, where I started to get into this online marketing thing where this was a time where not everybody was creating content and not everybody was doing this thing. And I started to learn, I think I was heavily involved in like, you know, reading copy blogger, Brian Clark, like those guys and learning about how all this stuff works. And it's like, I'm going to go out. This is when I kind of started my own thing. And in that process, because I had close ties to the theater community, I started to pay attention to how people in those worlds were doing email marketing. And it was always like 
come see my show, come see my show, come see my show. It was never anything else. And I was like, man, we have this huge opportunity to tell like these really cool stories and bring people in and not just ask people to buy tickets, but get them excited about the things that we're doing so that they're asking us, when can we buy tickets, right? I called it back then the the journey factor. And I kind of laid out this plan for how people could use email to start getting more people, put more butts in seats, basically. And so as I was running my own business and doing that, I parlayed that into as a role as a marketing director for Story Performing Arts Center and really started to implement those things and get the actors involved, get the executive director involved and sharing why we're doing a thing and really engaging with the community. And it was a huge success for us, right, in terms of just driving people to register and buy tickets. And that's kind of what led me down that path. And then when my wife and I were looking to move back to Massachusetts, who also comes from a theater background and she teaches uh, public speaking these days, it was that ability to, one, convey things and tell stories that I think is one of the best assets I have. You know, I taught myself how to do the marketing bit, right? And how those things worked, but like the skill set of being able to tell a story, hold people's attention and engage with people, that all comes from the theater and marketing background. And I think it's, it's served me pretty well in this now that I get to travel the country and speak to small business owners, you know, on a regular basis, right? And so that's kind of where that came from. It was like, I was always excited about marketing and being able to marry those two things together worked for me. <laughs> I like the stories about people making it out of theater. It would be great if we had all been wildly successful after college <laughs> doing what we chose to study. But in general, seeing people that made that jump into the business world, because I think there's so many transferable skills that we learned in college. I think that there's a general assumption that, oh, you did theater. Cool. You acted for a few years. It was a really hard degree. And you talk about subjectivity. If your professor has a chip on his shoulder, (laughs) how do you grade the performance of black box theater play? I didn't like it. What do you mean? (laughs) Feels like a C to me. Why? I like the audience was clapping. People liked it. People were happy. I don't know. I don't love that. And a lot of my career, the reason that I'm such a data-driven person is because of things like that. Nobody's bonus should ever be based on because I like you. Like There needs to be numbers behind it. And you build that into everything that you do. That's one of the things that I took away from my experience was avoid subjectivity at all costs. It's better to have objective measurement. Anyway, Dave, thank you. This is great. This was fantastic. And I think actionable for the folks that are listening out there. If people want to continue this conversation with you, how would they find you? Yeah, please find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect. If you've got any small business owners or folks like that, feel free. I'm sharing tips regular for those folks out there too. send them my way, but let's connect on LinkedIn. I'd love to do that. Fantastic. And for those listening, Dave does post lots of conversation starters. Jump in, interact. All of this is more fun if people take part. Dave, thanks for being on the show. Everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to join us next time for more insights from people who love words. This podcast was brought to you by Acrolinks. Continue honing your enterprise content by checking out other episodes at acrolinks.com slash wordbirds. If you have questions or comments, feel free to get in touch with Chris and his team by sending a message to word.birds at acrolinks.com. That's all for now. See you next time.